Hey, Rachel. Hey, Brian. So how was your week? It's interesting. I mean, I'm back in New York and one of the great things about the city is how respectful everyone is um, with all the masking and whatnot. But I feel like everything's kind of confusing because the CDC said today that if you're vaccinated, which I am, you don't have to wear a mask anymore at all, even indoors. But then I took it off outside. I went to the Metropolitan Museum and I took it off on the roof today and I got yelled at by a security guard when I was just simply following the guidelines. No, I so, took it off. I took it off as soon as I got. Look, I believe the science when they told me to put it on, and I believe the science when they told me I could take it off. So, so what should go. I do? And they when just say like say fuck you. So that'll be the theme of our <laughs> okay. episode this week. Just fuck you. This is no <laughs> the podcast where we shut it down. We're just a couple of New York Jews talking about the news, beating back the blues. Podcast and news why to laugh so we don't cry. Come and join us for the ride. Welcome to New Okay, Rachel, um, I wish I could say that I got a lot of love for everyone loved last week's episode. And I wish I could say I got a lot of love on Twitter, but I didn't because I'm not on Twitter. I know I had to like (laughs) screenshot comments and text them to you, which is like, I mean, it's a lot of like workload for me. You're just like, please tell me what people are saying. And I'm like, okay. Walt Walt tweeted about us, Walt Mossberg, who we love. And (laughs) uh, I'm like, I can't see it. Just send me a screenshot. Maybe I should like create an Instagram account count of just like tweets about nope and and share them with you there yeah on instagram no, that's sure i could have like a what's that called when you have a secondary account like i should just make a secondary account and all it is a finsta is a finsta a- all it could be is you dming me of things <laughs> that other people have tweeted are about tweeting. Nope. <laughs> you'll be my curator you'll be- the so snake you- is eating its own tail <laughs> so you went back to the met so there's a little bit yes of, there's very infrequently is there any tension between us because we're besties yes. and close close cousins and i'm a little like judged because you're back in i know the city. i went to manhattan you're going into manhattan <laughs> and i'm like what what am i chopped liver like i'm working in midtown almost every day now and like i don't even know and you're in town because i guess it's ramadan and it's ramadan so oh yeah i didn't even think of it honestly like i haven't been to manhattan since march of 2020 <laughs> with my friend aaron and so i figured the first time i go back should be today i thought i'd take aj to the met and aaron lives right around there and i thought it was only fitting oh, that so i go you with saw her fri- wait you saw friends it wasn't just you and AJ. well you i saw, saw friends? i saw aaron and her son reed who's exactly the same age oh. as aj born on the same day and aaron and i went to the city the last time i was in the city in March 2020, I was with her. So I thought it was only fitting that we see each other for my first time back. And we had wine in Central Park. And it was it, it was really a delight. I'm sorry. I feel bad. I should have told you. I just like didn't think of it. Honestly, you didn't think uptown, of you're downtown, okay, so, you're working. <laughs> so that's my that's your birthday. The fact that I forgot your birthday. We're even. Oh, now. no, this is no, this, we're not even. This is we're like totally maybe one tenth of that. It's, I, we're, we're getting closer, but we're well, not even. No, I had a whole schmagoo. I do not accept that. OK, tell me. Tell so, me yeah, it. I had a whole schmagoo. So I came up with like this whatever I've. I've been going into the office in Midtown and I've been working very late and sometimes it bumps up against like when I'm supposed to be doing nope and I have to race home and I do the research in the office and it's a whole nightmare. So I said, 
you know, we have these microphones and I don't know if it's professional, but we have special equipment that we use for this, but it's a, it's a whole mm. thing to lug it to the office. I said, what if I got one of those like really high quality, like gamer headsets where you like, it's a headphone and a microphone. Cause I see them with like a people on Twitch and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you told and me about this. The sound like, is I'm really gonna good. I'm going to try it. I was I'm like, I'm going to try great. it and maybe yeah. it's just as good and I can keep one at the office. And if we have to record from the office, we'll do that. Um, yeah, we so- thought we could do an AB test with you on the <laughs> exactly. gamer headphone and so, me on the microphone. Yeah. Okay. So I Google like best podcast headphone combos, whatever. And it gives me the first one is like, you know, $500. And I'm like, nope, not doing that. Oh. And then there's one that's like $89. So like, this is as good as the super pros and it's the bargain of the year. So I order one of them and it comes. I'm super excited. And I try to set it up here and I'm not a complete like computer dummy. I mean, I'm 50 years old, so I'm not as good as the kids, but I set it up and like for for the life of me, I can't make the microphone work. I can't make the little red dots go to indicate Are you that just I'm... having like some sort of like technological breakdown? Like you're <laughs> like, like out of Twitter, a, it's Facebook, like I was, you it's can't. Like I was having a tech stroke. Right? <laughs> yeah. I, I was losing my mind. So I decide to bring it into the office today and say, okay, maybe we'll record tonight. I just got home like a half hour ago. Maybe I'll record from the office and I can do it just on my laptop because we do it on Zoom. And I set the whole thing, maybe a new computer, a new, maybe the headset knows I'm in a new location and it'll behave differently it'll this time. like this one better, yeah. It'll like this it'll venue. Better chemistry. <laughs> With the, with the atmosphere. So I plug it in <laughs> and it still doesn't work. And I'm like, God damn it. Like these things are supposed to work. And I, I swear, I spend a half hour like plugging and unplugging and disassembling and reassembling these things. And it has the little headset and I tried disconnecting it. Anyway, there's like a Gen Z guy who, who works in the office and I'm about to like call him. It's like a mark of, it's like the scarlet letter right? Where this letter is Uh like, you know, Gen X. It's like a red X. Like, I can help. I can't set up my gamer headphones. And I said, wait, maybe there's some like software I'm missing. And I I didn't bring the documentation. So I just like Google the name of the thing that I can't even remember. And I'm like, there's software. Oh, you needed the driver probably. Yeah, but who needs a driver anymore? That's like, it's like not 1998. You don't need a driver to install. It should be plug and play. Of course, but sure enough, there's a driver. So I download the driver. I think I'm like, oh, I'm so clever now. I found the software and I download the software Mm -hmm. and it's a a zip file, which I know how to click on. And it's an EXE, whatever. It's a the installer thing that I think I know how to do. And it just keeps like erroring out. Finally, after like an hour of this, I is it not for a Mac or something? It's not compatible. It's Windows. Yeah, Windows. Like, how could a (laughs) fucking headset be only for Windows? They're like fully compliant (laughs) with Xbox, PlayStation, (laughs) Windows. And I'm like, Bill Gates, talk to Bill. I don't know. (laughs) Absolutely. So I'm I'm so old. My God, I can't figure this out. So now what do you do? How do you return something? This thing is like in a million pieces now. And like in principle, it's $89. I want my $89 back. On the other hand, it's going to cost me more than $89 of my time to stuff this thing in a box. I think you should just like hack it into bits and send it in like a (laughs) Ziploc baggie and say that it's justified. I'll say it showed up up this way. This is how it came. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, no, no, no. Let's do some no. notes. Rachel, uh, thank you for going to okay. start us out today. Yeah, so I want to start out with this um, Chinese rocket. Are you familiar with this? Yeah, thing? yeah. It was like the Skylab of the 21st century. Remember Skylab? Or were you too young? I like, don't remember Skylab. Yeah, 1979, is, 80. It was like a, the this first This is our generational differences showing up. <laughs> We're five years <laughs> different. Yes, yes. Okay, so it's uh, Chinese things fell to the earth. So, yeah, so I spent the early part of this week wondering where this Chinese rocket booster was going to. Is that what you do with your time? Is yes. that what you do with your time? <laughs> I know, I was wondering. <laughs> I was wondering where is it going to make landfall? Like the whole world seemed like they were on the edge of their seats for three whole days. Nobody seemed to know. The European Space Agency predicted this risk zone that encompassed like the entire Earth, <laughs> including like all of the Americas, all of Africa, all of Australia, parts of Asia, Greece, <laughs> Italy. So I was like, great. <laughs> I've spent my whole life terrified of like highway driving. And now I conquered that fear and I'm going to get hit by a rocket <laughs> on my China. way to the grocery store, <laughs> you know, <laughs> after all that. So how did this happen. Um, so on April 29th, the Chinese space program sent a section of what they call the Heavenly Harmony Space Station, which has like a really nice. That's a very Chinese it. name for a, for a Heavenly Harmony or a, the, yes. or a missile or a airship carrier or whatever. Yes. Right. So so they send this piece of the Heavenly Harmony space station into orbit. But for some reason, the booster rocket that gets it into orbit, which is this like 100 foot, 20 ton thing, also went into orbit with the bit from the space And it's not station. supposed to. It's supposed it's to. It's not supposed it. to. Right. It's supposed to come down. <laughs> it's like, whoops, like, <laughs> yes. get rid of this thing. What do we do with it? Right. So the booster rocket is in orbit, <laughs> circling the Earth at like 18,000 miles per hour. And even the smartest astrophysicists in the world had no idea what was going to happen, where this thing would land when it eventually comes out of orbit. And that's one thing I don't understand, Brian. Do you know why the space station stays in orbit while the rocket booster falls out of orbit? Is it the there must shape be of some the thing? force that ejects the rocket, the booster. Isn't that the whole point? Or it like it's tied on with clasps and they let no, the but clasps. once it's but once it's in the orbit, like how did how come that comes out of it and the space station? I don't know. Doesn't. I mean, there's so little G's that probably if they unlatch it and there's a little bit of force that sends it on a downward trajectory, it starts going down and Maybe. eventually it goes down. Yeah. 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 There's a, okay. There's a so whole, anyway, there's a whole Neil Stevenson novel about this called seven oh. but yeah okay okay so this thing is hurtling through space and it's created now this whole conflict between the u.s and china because brian your favorite um nasa <laughs> chief bill nelson delivered yeah. this rare rebuke to the chinese <laughs> government saying that they failed to meet responsible standards in handling space debris i agree i'm a team, i agree team bill nelson always definitely <laughs> always i know i mean he got our yup so the chinese media went into full spin mode and called this a bunch of Western hype, not worth worrying about. And then the Chinese fired back and said that Americans have a double standard and that um, we are also 
So irresponsible stewards of our space debris. And they pointed to a SpaceX rocket that fell to the Earth in March. And that one left parts in uh, farmland in the Western United States, which I didn't know. But and this is also not good. Like, I mean, I don't sure, I don't sub- like suboptimal. <laughs> but SpaceX. But it is also a, a with SpaceX, company. it had a purpose of coming down, which is that it had people in it or like it's a reusable rocket. That's the point. It wasn't like it was this free floating jettison thing to launch rocket. something else right it exactly. wasn't the whole th- it was an accidental byproduct it wasn't like a catastrophic disaster like it was different. exactly it's a whole different story. so whole different it's story. different it's apples and oranges and one was a government <laughs> thing the other thing's a private company but anyway the good news is the rocket wound up landing in the indian ocean near the maldives and didn't harm anybody i feel like everything winds up in the indian couple ocean that's, <laughs> i know like remember that couple from south africa that was like stranded in the maldives at the beginning of the pandemic i think it was the seychelles maybe or was it the maldives i don't no, know no it was the maldives yeah and, like didn't that malaysian mh370 that malaysian flight went down in the indian ocean i feel like the indian ocean is yes. like the new bermuda triangle like it's uh it is it's a death vortex like nothing good, yes. nothing good happens. So there. it's a pretty big, it's a pretty big <laughs> ocean. But anyway, so we're safe for now. But there are ten more Chinese rocket launches on schedule for the rest of the year. So what could possibly go wrong, right? No, they're not you know. good stewards of space. So, so no, no, but no. neither are we. So can't we just get together and have like some kind of international accord for handling space debris? I feel like I volunteer as a negotiator. <laughs> I think we can all. Come to an agreement that we having just, we just unpredictable have two, two guests on the podcast and a, Bill Nelson and whoever his counterpart is, and the Chinese, the Chinese Communist guy. Party, we will settle this once and for all, and we will all be safe from space debris. It's a mutual interest. I really think we we can like have every stakeholder has an interest in handling resolving space this amicably, debris. appropriately. <laughs> yes. Okay. So nope to space debris. <laughs> That's a pretty easy no. Okay, Rachel, what's next? So um, let me ask you a question, Brian. Yes, yes. What is the median price of a home in Brooklyn? In Brooklyn? Well, if you ask me about like Brownstone, Brooklyn, that's a very different answer from like East New York and Coney Island. Like if if you had to guess. $750,000. That's great. Very close. I'm not going to oh, really? tell you yet what the real answer <laughs> okay. is. I don't but know. this is a question that if, if, yeah, this was a question that was asked of eight New York City mayoral candidates by the New York Times editorial board. And the answers will shock you. They okay. were all over the map. <laughs> okay. okay? Um, and listen, like, I don't think you need to know the exact answer. Like, Brian, your answer was great. It's very close. But if you're running for the mayor of New York City amid one of the worst housing crises, Right. In generations, you should probably have it in the ballpark. I mean, maybe plus or minus 20% to be generous. But, you know, not that knowing a num- this number should be the litmus test for who is fit to govern. But come on, like everyone in New York is obsessed with real estate, yeah. right? This yep. is not like so hard. Okay. So two candidates in particular gave insane answers. Sean Donovan, who was literally housing commissioner under <laughs> Mayor Bloomberg, answered... I would guess it is one hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> Wait, you can't buy a 
garbage dumpster for a hundred thousand dollars. You can't buy in a Brooklyn. parking. You can't buy a parking in Brooklyn, space. A parking in spot. <laughs> I know. So then there's Ray McGuire, who I actually thought until now was a very good candidate. He's that executive. Yeah, he's from like City a city. Group. Yeah. Yeah, and he's positioning himself as like the number cruncher, the investment banker, and his guess was even more insane. He said eighty to ninety thousand dollars. <laughs> okay, so to get in their head. Like, <laughs> is it that they think that New York is more affordable, or like, does Ray McGuire, who's a like probably has hundreds of millions of dollars, yeah. right? Does he just think like, oh, well, I'm privileged, but all these other people are living in poverty. Therefore, it must be super cheap for them. I've, I'm I trying to get so. I think so. I think it's just they're so divorced from the reality of ordinary New Yorkers that they think like, oh, they can live for, you know, like they, they sort of crunch the numbers and think like, okay, someone making under a hundred thousand. It doesn't matter. They can buy a house for 80,000. You know, it makes them feel better about their own wealth, yeah. I think. Yeah. Right. So have you, de- so have you decided, by the way, this is probably not what you want to talk about. Have you decided who you're voting for? I haven't. And it's probably because <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like thrown me into chaos. I'm like, how can I vote for somebody who doesn't know the price of a house in Brooklyn? So let me just say that the last time the median home price in Brooklyn was around $100,000 was in the 1980s. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So the actual median price of a home in Brooklyn is $900,000. So Brian, okay, you, you were I was close, 20% right? basically. Yeah. Right. 20%. So these guys, Guys who are running for mayor, one of whom was the housing commissioner under Mayor Bloomberg and the other one who is like this rich banker, they were off by a factor of nine or ten. <laughs> <laughs> okay, So that is not good. Therefore, I am more qualified to be mayor of New York City. I hereby yes. declare my candidacy. And given think, the options, I have a real shot. <laughs> yeah. And do you know who the only person was who got it right? Exactly. I would assume it's the uh, the borough president of Brooklyn, Eric Adams. No, he said 550000 okay, which is like... That's a shock yeah. since he's that. Um, <laughs> like, how are you the Brooklyn borough president and don't know it within 100K, right? <laughs> Um, uh, I don't Andrew Yang, Kathy Garcia. Yes, Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang. Knew it. A- Andrew Yang. Okay. Kathy Garcia was close. Maya Wiley was the only one who went over. She said 1.8 million, which so is so Price like, is uh, Right rules. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you know you can't go over. So I can't. I was going to vote for her actually, but now, <laughs> but now I can. Okay, so I don't know. Okay. I mean, the yeah. Democratic primaries on June 22nd. It's Let's a hard choice. People, it's a it's hard. hard. I don't know. I don't know who I'm going to vote for. I hope like these people can get their shit together and name some prices before then. (laughs) Name your price. (laughs) We will not be undersold. (laughs) Are we going to go through the other boroughs? Like, do we need to, do they need to know what the average price on Staten Island is? No, because there's no Democratic votes there and nobody votes in the primary. Nobody nobody cares. But Brooklyn, I mean, that is like where people live. That's the heart of Democratic New York. Yes. Yes. Oh my yes. god. Okay. No. Know your audience. No. Oh, absolutely not. Appalling. Down. It's appalling. Okay. It's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. Okay. <laughs> I have a couple here. So, um, 
remember a few weeks ago when we talked about um, <laughs> this Polish neighborhood in, like, was it Krakow, I think? It was in Krakow, Krakow and there was like a There was an animal in a tree, and everyone was terrified, and they didn't leave their houses for a week because they thought it was going to kill them, and it would turn out to be a croissant. Exactly. And then, and then also, I think that same episode, we talked about a guy who had a box of bees in his, like, of 10,000 bees in his backseat. <laughs> <laughs> riding in his, the back of his car. Yes. Right, right. So um, we we have lots of continuity here. Well, I have a story that is the best of both worlds. So <laughs> this is a story that takes place in a Houston neighborhood, almost Poland. Um, and you know that app next door where they like share local news and updates? It's like a citizen, but it's, like... Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, gossipy. It's right. And they said that there was an animal out and about um, and everybody should be on the lookout. And it turned out that there was a Bengal tiger. Oh, I thought you were going to say like a baguette. <laughs> <laughs> or a Bengal tiger roaming the streets. <laughs> it was spotted roaming, sprawling on front lawns. And at one point, it was stalking one of the neighbors. Like a full on Bengal tiger. <laughs> like a full like on a like full- the tiger cake. Like, yes. Like <laughs> full on tiger. Right. Um, And then there's a video of a neighbor who happened to be an off-duty deputy cop holding the gun, keeping the tiger at bay at gunpoint. Um, And the officers are saying, you know, whatever, stay back. He didn't want to have to shoot the tiger, but he also didn't want it to pounce on him. And then a guy comes out of his house and drags the tiger by a collar into his house. And the, the officer, the deputy, is furious. He says, fuck you and your fucking tiger. Get the fuck back inside right now. Well, they don't go inside. The owner, presumably the one holding the collar, loaded it into a white Jeep Cherokee. Um, and as he was pulling out, I guess the cops were approaching the scene. The cops chased him and then they lost sight of him. So the cops pulled out an APB for a white Jeep Cherokee, and they said with paper plates, not like that you with eat the, off of, like paper license plates. Wait, with a tiger, and the tiger's in this Yes, they said, car? look out for a white Jeep Cherokee with paper license plates and a tiger inside. <laughs> this is like, like a Catherine Hepburn movie, like bringing up baby. Maybe. <laughs> And the Houston police commander, Roland Borza, went on air and said, obviously, if you see a Cherokee with a big tiger in it, it would be good to call us. Like, do you think? <laughs> like, how do you, you get imagine, close like, enough? driving on the highway and, like, you look to your left? And or, like, like, you're parked at the Walmart and there's, like, <laughs> like, like a cute dog in the car, but there's a tiger. A um, Bengal tiger. So, I mean, eventually, they caught the guy, and his name is Victor Hugo Cuevas, not Victor Hugo, the author, Victor Hugo Cuevas. Le Miserable. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is about to be Le Miserable when I tell you his story, <laughs> because um, it turns out that this is a guy who was out of jail on bond for a, quote, unrelated murder charge. Oh, okay. Right. So I, I didn't know that they let people out on bond for murder charges. I guess this is what you get when you do. You get a ti- tiger. Get a tiger on the loose. Why would he? They what? caught the guy, but there was no sign of the tiger. <laughs> so they arrested. He disappeared from the car? <laughs> it went away. So he unleashed it. So. 
Now they got Victor Hugo, but they did not get the tiger. And I say, if you have a choice of catching the tiger or catching Victor Hugo, get the tiger. tiger. It's like the event of a crash land and emergency, put the air mask on yourself first. Before you help others. Put it on the child. Yes. the fucking tiger, right? And then they arrest Victor Hugo Cuevas because they say that having a tiger might be a violation of his release on bond. No! Just like... Having no. a tiger and fleeing the police is, is a violation. <laughs> this can't that, be right. So then this the tiger, I feel bad for the tiger, honestly. Like, I'm Team Tiger. <laughs> okay, so wait, the plot thickens. So apparently, Quavo, when he escaped, <laughs> when he escaped with the tiger, <laughs> also had with him two, two monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> in the car. <laughs> Is this like his army? Like it's like, it's like his militia. <laughs> they were headed to the capital. It was January sixth. So I feel bad for the poor monkeys who are in a Jeep Cherokee with, with a, a tiger. tiger with an angry tiger. <laughs> I feel bad for all of them for being in a Cher- Jeep Cherokee with Victor Hugo. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't they? So get him? as of as of press time, there was no sign of the tiger or the two monkeys. <laughs> the monkeys were probably in the tiger's stomach, certainly. Oh, oh my god, this is really alarming. The monkeys are on the loose too. <laughs> They're not on the loose. They were eaten, I think. Oh they god. have to have been eaten. Do tigers eat monkeys? This is terrible. This is the worst of these. If they're hungry enough, I think they'll eat anything, honestly. Well, it all depends on what Victor Hugo is feeding the tiger, how hungry it was. Yeah. Oh, Oh my God. Okay, so what goes around comes around, I guess. So nope to Victor Hugo. Nope to Victor. Nope to, like, you know, carrying these animals around in a car. That is so cruel. No, absolutely not. It's cruel to have them domestically anyway, but, like, yes, absolutely. Putting them in the car, fleeing the... The police and being a scene of an accident, releasing them. Don't they always say never take a domestic house pet and release it in the wild? It can't fend for itself. Well, that's what never take a wild house pet, (laughs) a wild, I don't know, jungle cat and put it in a car. Okay, shut this down. No, okay, no, uh, okay, I have one more. So, um so we're coming out of the COVID era now, we hope, and um, we're beginning to have a historical perspective. Here's my transition. And one of the things that defines an era when the history books look back is the food that we eat, right? So there will be a whole chapter, I'm sure, on what we ate during the pandemic and the lockdown. And of course, the cooking revolution involved banana bread. And we're coming, you talked You talked about, you made banana bread, right? Yeah, I would make it in the beginning. You would make in the beginning. Like, I mean, I, in the beginning, there <laughs> at was at the time of like the Big Bang, <laughs> <laughs> before the like molecules formulated into matter. Into, you were making into sourdough. 
<laughs> and air fryers. You were making banana bread. Okay, so we're now in the post-banana bread era. And there has a, there's a new fad, and the apple hasn't fallen far from the tree. Or should I say the banana hasn't fallen far from the tree? Because the hottest new ingredient is banana peels. That's just such a joke. People like, are banana eating peels? banana peels, and it is that, not a joke. So It's the, a literal joke. Like, people slip <laughs> on banana peels. They're the ultimate garbage food. That's <laughs> right. It's the ultimate detritus, right? It's like, it's like no, this is not even part Please. of nose-to-tail dining, right? It's like, throw out the no. pit, the, the peach pit, and throw out the banana peel. But no. But I'm this, ready to be convinced. Tell okay, me. Okay, here I go. I'm going to convince you. Um this comes from a very elevated, elegant source, which is Nigella Lawson. You know who that is. She's oh, a, yes. you know, British. Love her. Yeah. She has a new book uh, called Cook, Eat, Repeat and an accompanying TV show. And she shocked the nation uh, last week with a new dish, which is a fragrant. Our nation or her nation? Her nation. She doesn't have TV shows <laughs> okay. here. She has TV shows there. Um, and the new dish is a fragrant cauliflower and banana peel curry. Um And uh, so she did this on air and people were totally shocked. And then this woman named Nadia Hussein, who's another celebrity chef, went on to Good Morning Britain, which is our favorite show. We get a ton of uh, like, remember that woman who threw what did she throw to like predict that Adele or she threw asparagus. Remember that (laughs) woman who was a soothsayer on Good Morning Britain and she threw down a bunch of asparagus. Yeah. And she predicted that like Adele would win the Grammy or something. Or would Something have the like Christmas that. number one. Anyway, so she went on air and she said, don't chuck the peel away. Cook it up with some garlic and onions and barbecue sauce. Stick it in a burger and you've got like pulled pork or pulled chicken. Um, so now we're making so, meat okay. substitutes. And it turns out that this trend dates back to 2019. There was an Insta meme where vegans were in their uh, chat reddits or whatever you call them were making online mess- uh, recipes treating uh, banana peels like bacon and oh. apparently peels as pork became a thing like pulled pork were pulled peels and it began showing up on restaurant menus and this is just what they cite in Hawaii, New Zealand and Malta the island nation of Malta Malta Okay, well, listen, I'm not going to knock it until I try it. It sounds ridiculous, but a lot of things sound ridiculous. And maybe if it's it's actually it's actually a delicacy. I did some more research in Bangladesh. It's commonly eaten as a thing. So I don't want to. Well, Nigella Lawson, either if she's going to culturally appropriate something like banana peel, she at least should at least acknowledge his cultural heritage. But here she is just taking it on for for shock value the vegans are making bacon out of is it is she doing that oh interesting okay I no mean, i'm listen. i'm interpreting what she's doing but like, i'm trying not I to disrespect the like... fact that it's a bengali tradition okay well i mean or bangladeshi right it's not bengali oh yeah bangladeshi <laughs> that's disrespecting the tradition <laughs> but anyway i i feel like if banana peels can be a meat substitute and i i started thinking about the texture can't we also figure out a way to like tan banana peels so that they could be like a leather substitute and you could wear like a banana peel leather jacket oh sure there's all kinds of uses right all kinds of uses, like why yeah. not just go whole hog and do the nose to tail and turn the banana peel into the new skin 
I'm all for that. I'm all for that. Yes. Um, <laughs> Guys, so by, this was a nope, but we turned it into a yup. <laughs> okay. By the way, for the record, Bengali is an ethnicity. Bangladeshi is a nationality. Um, Bengalis are Bangladeshis, but they can also be Indians. So Indian, yes. Because okay. I know someone who's Bengali and Indian. Okay. Yeah. So I was... Uh, Bengali is you were in the area. I was in the right. You were in the region. No disrespect to and either Bengalis or Bangladeshis. My bad. I got confused. Anyway, let's move on to another chapter section in the post-COVID um, food history. Um, it has affected okay, yeah. everybody's consumption habits, even our most virtuous liver of life, like person who lives life not a liver like pancreas not liver. like a liver <laughs> like a liver Gwyneth <laughs> Paltrow like that, that was just like, my way of that was yeah, the end of for <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow right so um she was on a podcast this last week and she was boasting that during COVID she went totally off the rails and ate bread that's how she <laughs> is went that, totally is that the thing that that's is what, that the first thing that she did or was the eating bread con- a consequence of going off the rails in other respects like was she like on like an no, I think like, trip and- <laughs> no i think just like the <laughs> pandemic hit and she like hit the bread box ate bread <laughs> she bread. like she like ate a crouton and she's like ah, <laughs> no, no, next no. thing i know so i, uh, <laughs> so I watched this there's this video that she shared on instagram and she's cooking clam pasta um, mm-hmm. and then it's a close up of her and it's a very unflattering picture of her just at home shoveling linguini into her gaping maw with like a crazed look in her eyes. And it looks like she has two black eyes. It's not just that she's not wearing makeup. Like it looks like God forbid someone like socked her. Um, and then she tagged at Rachel Ray because I guess it was Rachel Ray's recipe or something like that. So then she went on to elaborate. She said that during... during the pandemic, during the lockdown, not all, she was drinking every night in addition to eating bread. She was having two drinks a night. And mm-hmm. what was what was she drinking? She says, I love whiskey and I make this fantastic drink called the Buster Paltrow, which I named after my grandfather who loved whiskey sours. Of course, she named a cocktail after her own family. Yeah. And, it's this, and it's this great quinoa whiskey from this distillery in Tennessee with maple syrup and lemon juice. It's just heaven. I would have oh, I know that every night. I know yeah, that wait, 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 quinoa wait. whiskey. Right, but... Oh, Okay, to be fair, her idea of like her lowbrow, go it off the rails, driven to the bottle is quinoa fucking whiskey. Yes, right. Of course oh, it is. That's no. her. I mean, this is this is typical Gwynny. Like we we can expect no less from her. It's okay. Great. Well, okay. I think it's bullshit. Of course she got completely skewered on in the Twitter verse, yes. which I didn't see because I'm not on Twitter. Um, but uh yeah, that's uh that's how Gwyneth uh Went off the rails. She, she just went wild. With yeah, the, she went wild. She <laughs> ate bread and quinoa, of quinoa whiskey. Quinoa whiskey. Like. <laughs> have you had quinoa whiskey? I've never even heard of it. Yes. I feel like not only have I had it, but I feel like I brought a bottle to your place a few years ago. Oh, it's probably still there at the back of the bar. Because Josh, right. Josh has worked with um, a maker of quinoa whiskey. It was really good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just saying nope to this whole thing. Like, I don't like the way this whole food trend post-COVID is going. I think we should all just get back to eating the way we did before. No quinoa whiskey, no banana peels. Like, let's just... Let's just eat like we used yeah. to, please. Nope. Let's see like the garbage monsters we are. Okay. Yeah, nope. yeah. Okay, nope. So um, that's the end of the nopes. Now we get on to the ups. These are the little rays of light, the little beacons of hope that got us through the week. Rachel, I know what yours is, and I am going to 
second it. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So the Real Housewives of New York City, they are back and they are better oh than ever. God. I mean, honestly, like if you don't watch this show yet, I'm sorry. You you have to start. It's ingenious. It makes me so happy. And, you know, to think that other people are not experiencing this joy, it makes me wonder like they what roll their exactly eyes, but they haven't actually they roll their eyes, but they haven't actually watched it. That's the thing. Like Don't if you knock watch it until you try it. Like the banana peels, right? Like maybe it's maybe great. It's quinoa <laughs> whiskey. It's the quinoa whiskey of Bravo <laughs> Television. So, but yes. so the favorite housewife from last season, Leah, we found out in the first episode was converting to Judaism, and she's yes. Irish. And she went on Yom Kippur. She called to ask forgiveness from her father. And his <laughs> her father said no. Like, well, because no, she fuck just you, we're wanted, she didn't want to atone. She just wanted forgiveness. She has a lot of work to do. <laughs> okay. learning but this the isn't the topic of this. Yeah. In fact, there, we have a whole other topic within this. Yes. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, the season is season 13, but you can jump in at any time. And what's particularly... <laughs> it's, not it's not hard to follow the plot. <laughs> <laughs> no. But what I love about this season is that they have a new cast member uh, named Ebony Williams. And she's this young, glamorous lawyer turned television host. And she's the first ever black cast member on the New York Housewives. And really, it's about fucking time. And I am, I don't know about you, Brian, I am obsessed with Ebony already like she's brilliant she's by far the smartest of the housewives already smart yes and the sassiest and the like funniest and she's gonna reinvigorate the franchise Yes, she's the perfect addition to the mix. And like, I think like because of her life experience as a black woman, she's skeptical of all these other ladies and she's become almost like the voice of the audience. We are there. We are with Ebony. Right, because the rest of the ladies are living in some like cocooned Upper East Side life, which is funny to peek in on sometimes, but there's no relatable narrator. And I think she's become like the every man, the every person that we could see through her lens and see what the rest of these ridiculous ladies look like right even though ebony is like this very privileged very wealthy glamorous person she still like feels like the only one i could <laughs> relate to and so bravo to the casting directors who found this gem bravo of to a human. bravo yes. bravo to bravo i cannot wait to see what happens next week andy so. cohen call us but i swear i'm not the guy who was stalking you through the beats of place window the other week. <laughs> no <laughs> no it was somebody else okay i also have a tv up this one i think i did season one of this show but it's back which thrills me because I didn't think it was ever the kind of thing that would get renewed. It's called Everything's Gonna Be Okay. It starts this stars this Australian actor comedian named Josh Thomas, who's originally on a show called Please Like Me that was also Oh, Yabba you love Vibe. that person. I love yes. that person, right. So this show very briefly is about the guy from Australia who uh, comes to visit his step his father and his two stepsisters in New York, half-sisters in, in uh, I'm sorry, in L.A., the father dies and he winds up being the caretaker for the two girls. And one of the girls is autistic or has Asperger's. And mm-hmm. like, it's just fun. It's a classic dramedy. It's like the, the character, the character on the spectrum is just so like unexpected and smart and funny, but also like 
brings all those issues to light, but it's not like an issues show and it's just, you know, absolutely a delight. And season two, I don't even know what network it's on. Just it, nobody knows what it's free form or it's on Netflix or no, no, no. It's on? like on, it's on linear, but it's like, okay. I don't know, just go on demand and type in everything's going to be okay. And it'll show up somewhere. Okay. Um, I think it's on Freeform. Is that a network? I don't even know. Yeah, that's are. a network, but oh, yeah, like, I don't know form. if it's like encased in Hulu <laughs> or <laughs> whatever. I just it's don't know anymore. It's in a turducken. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Those are our nopes. Those are our yups. This is the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, or better yet, tell somebody in person. That's the best, best way. Tell your friend, turn to your left, turn to your right. Now that you're interacting, now that you're not wearing masks. Anymore, Take off your mask in the street, all. just Take like the CDC says, and shout it from the rooftops. Shout nope to the masks and yup to the podcast. No. Nope. <laughs> okay. This has been a <laughs> terrible, terrible week, but a fun podcast to record. Thank you for listening. This has been Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. 